the network team leadership. And uh, Leroy, we. Hi. Morning. Good to be here. It's worth it all. And even the, with the um, conference in Zimbabwe, time will tell. And so I bring you love from Agafa and Newdy Fellowship in Dominica. And I want to say something to us here this morning, very shortly. A very short thing. Do not go weary in doing good. For in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. There is a due season that has already released for what you have been doing. Get ready for it. Do not stop doing it. That's all. All right. Thank you, Leroy. Um, I like about Leroy, if he's got something to say, he says it. If he doesn't, he finishes. Uh, doesn't need to, to pad out things. And uh, we, we've had a lot of fun. And I have to say that Leroy stands with me when there are other younger ones that are less than respectful to those of us that are you know, a little bit more mature. <laughs> All right. Well, it's great to have Hilton with us, and he's going to come share the word with us. He blues the colour today. Well, thank you very much. It's a privilege for us to be together. And we really want to thank God for this moment where we could come into this moment to commit ourselves to open ourselves to God in what he desires for us to do. We believe that we are in partnership together. We are serving together in one project, and that is the King's Project. That is what Jesus has given us to do. And uh, it was good to be able to work together, to join together with John and the team there in Zimbabwe. I count it an honor for me to be privileged and uh, we could participate together in what God is really doing. We believe that he's given us something to do across the world and uh, to be in relationship is one of the things that is so important as we relate and we unite together, we come into the place of unity in serving in the purpose of God. I bring you greetings from my family back in St. Martin and also the church and uh, we continue to experience God love and uh, continue to walk in that unity to serve towards the purpose of God. Today I want to share with you from the book of from the book of First Kings is something that is very very important for us that I believe that God has given to us. First Kings, the 18th chapter. I'll be sharing about the Holy Spirit, the importance of the Holy Spirit in the life of the individual believer. 
as we pursue that which he wants. I want us to understand that there's nothing that we can do outside of the Holy Spirit leading. In chapter 18 and verse 1, the scripture says to us that it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. Within the scripture, we are seeing Ahab as a king, but we are seeing the word of the Lord coming to Elijah and asking him to present himself to Ahab. There is a lot of things that we could really see here within this text. At a time when there were so many things happening in the region of Israel, and the nation, as Ahab continued to plunder himself into false worship and to be led away from the true and living God, there is somebody that God raised up, someone with a connection with Almighty God, someone who was networking in the things of God, Elijah, He was led by the Holy Spirit. He operated under the anointing of the Spirit of God. And he declared something. He spoke something in the earth which was in the mind of God. That there would not be rain for three and a half years. And God will honor your word when it aligned with what he says. Here is a man who was like us, who came across certain things which was happening in his area and decided that he wouldn't allow it to just go by without declaring God's word. And it was not, it didn't said according to God's word. The scripture says that he said it according to his, he said, by my word there will not be rain for three and a half years. But God honored the word of Elijah. Just about the end of that time, it seems that Ahab is on the verge of looking for Elijah. The scripture says that that as we continue to look into verse 2, Elijah went and presented himself to Ahab and there was a famine in Samaria and Ahab had called Obadiah who was in charge of his house The scripture noted very clearly that Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. So it was that while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hidden them, 50 to a cave, and had fed them with bread and water. Now, we are seeing the Obadiah, who is also serving, but has a fear of God, is in the house of Ahab. And when Ahab is doing all this wickedness, along with his wife, he was able to save some of these prophets and also feed them. The scripture says to us that Ahab had given an order to Obadiah to go about to the lands and the different areas to find water. 
And also, the other mandate was for him to go and find Elijah. So while he was going, the scripture says to us in verse 7, Now as Obed was on his way, suddenly Elijah met him, and he recognized him, and he fell on his face and said, Is that you, my lord Elijah? And he answered, It is I. Go and tell your master Elijah is here. The verse that I want us to really be able to pick up is to notice what Obadiah said to Elijah. He's saying, everywhere that Ahab is looking for you, and no one can find you. And I have just this encounter with you, and if I leave you here and go back to report to King Ahab, I will not find you. Let's look at verse 12. He said, it shall come to pass as soon as I have gone from you, the spirit of the Lord will carry you to a place I do not know. So when I go and tell Ahab and he cannot find you, he will kill me. But I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. It seems that God had asked Elijah to hide himself to put himself in an area which was outside of the reach. So even if Ahab was looking for him, he wouldn't find him. We know the story that he was hidden close to the brook where he find water, where he was fed by the first delivery service. That was God who brought, that, brought about that first delivery service. It was not Pizza Hut or maybe the... Uh, the, the fish and chips salesperson who delivers fish down the homes. It was God who gave this, where God allowed Elijah to have a first delivery service, and it was raven delivery service. And the raven fed him. Now, it is kind of strange because the ravens usually fed on dead things. And I want you to understand, when God wants to take care of you, you don't have the choice as to where it is coming. When, God is, when it is from God, God has a way of keeping you alive. God has a way of taking care of you. And sometimes it may come from the strangest way in, which, in the way that God would work. God doesn't always work the way that we think. And when we are in a deep situation, God knows how to keep us. Most of we worry over our circumstances, and we have anxiety. We carry ourselves. We carry so much burden and baggages upon ourselves. We put pressure on ourselves because of our way of life and our circumstances, and we have not trusted our circumstances to God. Here is Elijah, who is on duty for, for God, who has spoken the word of the Lord in an area, and it's not an easy thing to say. Everybody would want to know that there is water, but when you say, when you withhold water, when you declare there shall not be rain, you are actually saying, that there is going to be famine. There's going to be scarcity. There's going to be lack. Well, if God is asking us to do something that is going to stop people from being watered and continuing to do the wrong things, we better speak up. If God is connecting us to a certain point and the Spirit of the Lord is leading us to speak up, to change a certain situation, we may have limitations even in when we declare the word of the Lord but we better obey God. Here is Elijah, who obeyed God, even if it was going to affect him, 
But even when it was about to affect him, God had already prepared the area where he would be kept, and he would be kept alive. But now the brook is dry. And so God says to him, I want you to leave your area, and I want you to show up. And when he shows up there, Obadiah meets with him and says to him, I want you, he says to, to Obadiah, I want you to go and tell Ahab I'm here. But Obadiah says, no, no, no. I've been serving God, and I know what it is to be in the palace of an angry king. He's been looking all over for you and cannot find you. And if I go and leave you, I don't trust leaving you here and going to the king. I cannot stop here and allow you to remain here. I need to make sure that you're with me. Because while I would leave to go back and say to the king that I've seen Elijah, and he comes and he doesn't find you, I would be a dead man. But I want you to notice what he said within that point that is so key today. He says, and it shall come to pass, as soon as I'm gone from you, the spirit of the Lord will carry you. That word, carry you. That's the point that God is saying to us. What is God saying to us in that point here today? That is saying that his spirit wants to carry us. The spirit wants to transport us. That his spirit wants to take us through another place. His spirit has the capability of transporting us from a place of limitation to a place of weakness, to a place where things are not working, take us to that next level. And I'm saying to us, as Lifeline, as a network, God is now saying it's time now to move up the next, the, the next step. It's like you were here. God wants you to start moving up higher. Taking up from a lower place. But in order for him to carry you, I want you to understand it's so important. Before you could carry something, before you could carry something, you must lift it. If I'm going to carry this, I have to lift it up the table. God, first of all, before he could carry us and transport us, he wants to lift us. It's like what I imagined or what I saw. As soon as we came, the very same day that we came to, uh, we came to London, um, J.S. went to visit Daniel. And when he gets there, I noticed that there was one son who was in the door. And noticed that this boy, as soon as he saw, he ran to the car and is saying, and, and he's, he's, he's saying, Papa, Papa. And then Papa comes out and he greets him. And then Eventually, he gets into the house and he meets with Cherilyn and she again embraced him. But there's a little boy who came. He didn't wait for Papa to get close to him. He ran towards Papa with his hands opened. And the next thing that I saw, Papa picked him up, lift him up. Are we understanding something here? What he did. And then he carries him and asks him, what about your head? What, how are you doing? I want you to understand something. When you understand what God has your father, when the Holy Spirit wants to take you to the place, the first thing that he does, he must. I see that picture, that very same picture of the Holy Spirit. 
picking up, picking you up, like Papa picking up Zachary, picking him up and lifting him. And the next thing, carrying him. God is saying that's what I want to do with the network at this time. I want to pick up the network. I want to take it up from the place where we have been and take it to the place where we have not been. I want to take you to the place where I want to transport you to the place where you would be able to affect new areas, new avenues. I want you to understand it's beyond what we have been. Where we get into the place where we allow the Holy Spirit to be the vehicle or the transport that helps to transport us. It's like you come into this place of Mayfield today. I want you to understand some of you came through different vehicles. I want you to understand the vehicle in which you, you had to sit inside and the other maneuvering you had to really do. But I want you to understand God wants you to understand that if you enter into the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is able to transport you. The Holy Spirit is able to lift you. The Holy Spirit is able to take you to the next place, to the next assignment. Notice, Elijah has just been obedient to God. God says, go and show yourself to Ahab. As soon as it gets here, the next thing that we understand, Obadiah getting a revelation that I'm not just going to leave you here. I want to make sure, because if I leave you here, the Holy Spirit has the capability of transporting you. The Holy Spirit has the capability of taking you to the next level. And that's what we're into. When we submit to the Holy Spirit, I want you to understand God could not do nothing in the earth as Father. He could not do nothing in the earth. He could not change the condition of, 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 of creation except the Holy Spirit move. In Genesis chapter 2, chapter 1 and verse 2, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Verse 2, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the Spirit moved upon the waters. Even in the place of darkness, chaos and deformity, the spirit move. We need to be sensitive and wait for the moving of the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit begins to move, it, he connects you to the next assignment where you're able to speak the word of the Lord. That's what Father God did. He spoke. When the spirit moved, he spoke. He could do nothing. He could change nothing until... He waited for the moving of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ came to the earth. Jesus could not do nothing until the Holy Spirit came upon him. In Luke chapter 3, the scripture says to us that he was baptized and the heavens opened and the Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove. A voice from the heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well placed. Chapter 4 verse 1. I want you to look at the scripture. In chapter 4. And verse 1 of the book of Luke. Notice, the Spirit came upon him in baptism. Verse 1 says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, 
returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Notice, he's been filled with the Spirit. He returned to Jordan. But now he's about to move into the wilderness. He didn't choose to go to the wilderness. You're not assigned when you cannot choose to do it yourself. You need to be transported by the Holy Spirit. Your next assignment, you need to depend on the Holy Spirit. And we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit that we would be led by the Spirit. I want you to understand it's so important, that verse, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The wilderness was not a nice place. There was no, there is no test code there. In the wilderness, there is no supermarkets. In the wilderness, you totally have to depend on God for your provision. It's in the wilderness that God will show up for us. Where we don't have to fight for anything, but we depend on God doing the difference for us. Or making that different. Not only was he led by the spirit, verse 2 said he was tempted by the devil. You mean... You're in the, in the place of temptation, place of difficulty. It's a, you're between a, a rock and a hard place. It seems that things are going real bad for you. He is, the word says to us, he is hungry. Then comes a tempter in verse 3. Speaks to him and said, turn the stones into bread. He responding with the word of God. All this is done because he's led by the Spirit. He's into a place where the Holy Spirit is the vehicle who is leading him. The Holy Spirit is the vehicle which is transporting him. Verse 5. The devil takes him to a high mountain, shows him everything, and he responds and says, All authority I give you and their glory. But Jesus responds and says, get thee behind Satan. Verse 8. For you shall worship the Lord your God and him only. We could go on further and we could notice in verse 12. After he showed him and, and said to him to worship him. He said in verse 12, he answered, it has been written, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. Verse 13. Now when the devil had ended every temptation... He departed from him until an opportune time. Even to face the devil, even to face difficulties, you need to be transported by the Spirit. You need to be lifted by the Spirit. You need to overcome by the Spirit. Notice the next verse, verse 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Notice, first of all, we see that, that he was filled with the Spirit, Verse 2, verse 1, we see that he was led by the Spirit. He was, he was able to declare the word of the Lord to the devil by the Spirit. He was able to overcome the devil by the Spirit until the, the, the devil left him. Verse 14, he returns to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. So it's one thing to be led it's another thing, it's one thing to be filled, another thing to be led, another thing to overcome by the Spirit, and then you move to the place to be empowered. So even if you're filled, you still need another level. 
We still need another level, and that is to be empowered by the Spirit. In verse number 18, there's another level. The scripture says to us in verse 16, he went to the synagogue and he stood up to read. Verse 17, they handed him a book and he read from a place in verse 18 where it's written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and recovering of sight to the blind. There are four levels there of kingdom projection. In other words, the four dimensions that I spoken, not only did he call him to save, but first we're seeing that he sent him to preach the gospel to the poor. One of the things that you need to preach to people that are in situation is to they would be able to give in the midst of their situation. To heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. That has to do with deliverances from people who are filled with different demonic activities. To set a liberty those that are oppressed. To bring healing. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20, when he had closed the book, he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. Here's his response. Today, this very scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What's this saying to us? That every time we read the word of God, there is something that should be fulfilled in our lives. Every day that we come to the point that we take the scripture, you wouldn't just read it just for reading's sake. We should make sure that there is a fulfillment of the word. There's an outworking of that very word in our very lives. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. When the spirit of the Lord comes upon us and we are anointed, we are anointed to serve. We are anointed to, to undo things in the lives of individuals. The Holy Spirit wants to carry us to the place where we undo the things that are wrong in the lives of individuals. There are people who are going through marital problems today. And maybe one of the areas that the Lord is carrying you is to go to, those, to, to, to that person. He didn't send you to that home to be able to judge the husband or the wife. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you to be able to help that person who is going through that marital stress to be able to be lifted from their situation. Maybe God is connecting you to an office. Maybe it's someone who's a colleague of yours who's working into a certain post and going through some difficulties. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, lifts you to that place, allows you to be that place. You're not there by coincidence. The Spirit of the Lord takes you to that place and begins to allow you to zero in right into a person's situation, not to be able to bring them down, but to lift them up. When the Spirit comes upon you, he comes upon you to help to, you to change the environment where you are. Today, for the church and for the network, Lifeline, God has given us another challenge. He's lifting us up. He's taking us up from that place. He wants to lift us up and put us to that next place. But then, he wants to carry us, us to carry on to another area to change, to bring changes. And maybe it is in some offices, maybe even in the government. In the text that I started with, notice Elijah was sent to the king. Maybe God might be calling somebody to go in into even the political offices. 
even to that place, God might give you a word for somebody in that area. Maybe it might be God might just ask you to be there just to represent, just to show yourself. And in showing up, because you're obedient to God, changes begin to take place. I want you to understand, that's what Jesus Christ did. When Jesus Christ came into the earth, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He could not do nothing, not until those I mentioned was upon his life. Notice, the Spirit of the Lord filled him. Secondly, the Spirit led him. Thirdly, he was able to use the Word of God by the Spirit of God to change situation. Even the devil couldn't stop him. Fourthly, he overcame the devil. Number five, he received power. It's one thing to be filled, but it's another thing to have power. Demonic spirit is not afraid of your punches. Demonic spirit is afraid of the power of the Holy Spirit that operates in your life. When you have connected with the Holy Spirit, when you have allowed the Holy Spirit to use your life, demons have to be afraid of you. I want you to understand that you are powerful. You are more powerful than you think. Why? Because you belong to the kingdom of God. When you know who you are and you understand what God has placed inside of you, you have been equipped with a power that God himself needed. You have been equipped with a power that Jesus himself needed. And the disciples, the apostles, none of them went out to minister to nobody until they had the power of the Holy Spirit upon them. I believe every one of you here are well aware as to the importance of the Holy Spirit. You were able to see uh, and to be able to understand from Jamie, here come the boom. It's not new to you. It's relevant. It helps. Young people and even the young, even the children can understand that even through that. We understand it comes in just like Superman. And that's how the Holy Spirit comes in. But the Holy Spirit comes to help you in your limitation, to assist you, to change situations around you. And that's what happened to Jesus. He closed the book and everybody's eyes upon him. And then, that's the time he said, today, this scripture is taken up from the black and white pages. This very scripture is fulfilled within your hearing. I could use another point because we are talking about the topic. The Holy Spirit wants to carry you. The Holy Spirit wants to lift you. The Holy Spirit wants to transport you. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1, he said it is the hand of the Lord. I want you to look at this scripture with me. He says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. One scripture said it was full of dry bones. I would put it that way, it was a cemetery. God takes you to a place where there is no life. Where it seems that you're in, you're in that place it's a strange place to be. People who, there are people who are afraid to walk through the cemetery. Wow, that's not a nice place to go. I believe you take me to the zoo. I would like the Spirit of God to take me to the zoo. Or maybe I would like the Spirit of God to take me uh, to see the, 
the, the, the, the, the, the beautiful uh, areas in London. I'd love to go there. But the Holy Spirit doesn't always take us where we want to go. The Holy Spirit wants us to go where God wants us. Because there are some things that God wants to do with us. And I want you to notice that the Spirit will take him to the cemetery. Mm, you feel like you walk in there and you, 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 you're feeling you're strange and nobody wants to go to a place of the dead. But the Spirit of the Lord, that's where God wanted him. God may have you in a position where nothing is working. Where everything around you seems to have died. Everything around you seems to be at zero percent. Nothing is working. Maybe today it might be on your job. It might be a cemetery. Maybe where you are today in the things that you have attempted to do, it may seem that you have no control over it. And it may seem that you are in a position where you're questioning, why am I here? I want you to understand, the Holy Spirit took him to that place. And as he got there, he passed around them. He says there were many, verse 2, and they were in this open valley, and they were dry. And he said, the, 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 he said, the Spirit of the Lord said to him, or God said to him, Son of man, can this bone live? So I answered, Oh Lord, you know. I think that's the best way to answer when you don't know what to do. I believe there's the best thing to do, even in a communication. We're seeing right there, he's in interaction of prayer. This is governmental prayer. He is praying right for the situation that you are. It's a situation that affects you. You are in that position, and you cannot take, but take notice. That nothing is moving. But God asks you the question. Most times we think we should tell God, God, what about the situation? Notice, God is the one asking him about the situation. Can this bone live? What is God asking you about today? Is God asking you something about something in your home? Is asking you, can that situation change? Is God asking you something about your child? Can this child move to the next place? Is he asking you something about your job? Can your job meet all your demands? Meet all the things that concerns your home? Is he asking you something concerning your finances? Does your finances at the moment seem like you're in a big valley? And it seems no matter what, how hard you try, it cannot meet your need. Is God asking you about your finances today? Can your finances change? Can your finances change? Can you respond like Ezekiel? Oh Lord, you know us. What is it that God is asking you about today? Is he asking you about something that really is getting your attention? Is he asking you something that is important to you and is asking you about this thing that you must give an account and must give a response to him and say, God, can you say to him, oh God, you know. And thank God, he didn't say, well, oh yes, it can work. I believe, oh no, it cannot work. He says, oh God, you knows. But how many know he knows? How many of us know that he knows? He knows everything about your situation. He knows every difficulty that you go through. But God, the first thing we need to understand, are we gods? Is he pleased with us? 
is God pleased with you? I think the question that you need to ask you is, is God pleased with me? Is he pleased with me? Do not ask. I would say to Jesus, don't ask Dawn if God is pleased with you. You could ask yourself and say, is God really pleased with me? I would answer the question and say, yes, John. I could say yes. But the point is, it's an answer that he must give for himself. Oh, Lord, you know us. God had to look at Jesus Christ even before he did anything. I want you to understand, God is not pleased with you because of what you're doing. God is not pleased with you of how many things you can do. God is not pleased with you of how many things that you did not do. God is pleased with you because you have taken the point and present yourself before him. He's not asking you to do anything for him. All he's asking, can you present yourself in my presence? That's all. We are in his presence not because of our abilities. We are in his presence not because of our potentials. We are in his presence not because of how many heroic experiences that we have had. It doesn't matter how much we have done. Because you could do all this, you could have how many heroic experiences and yet still not please him. God is not dealing with you based on the past. God is dealing with you based on your present. That he could tell you, I would like you to walk with me. And if it seems walking with him may mean going through the valley of dry bones, that you say to him, I'm willing to go with you. But when he points to you and says, can this situation change? That God has said to Lifeline, can the situation in Britain change? Can we say, oh Lord, you know? Can we as a network say, oh Lord, you know? Can the situation in Zimbabwe change? Oh Lord, you know? When he transports us to that place, he transports us not to do the changes ourselves, but to depend upon him to give us direction as a whole change the situations around us. We thank God for the heart of John that has been obedient. And we thank God for a leader like this who could connect with God and connect with the Spirit of God and could allow you to participate. You're fortunate to have a man like this in your presence. It's good to be partnering together with him. It's good to be working together with him, to connect with him. And I thank God for a church like this Lifeline Church who could say exactly that we are not just concerned about our four walls here, but we can concern with the people in Zimbabwe, Malawi, Liberia, Sierra Leone, Ukraine, Philippines, Dominica, St. Martin. This is just a little as far as what God would do. But God is saying, no, I want to lift this. Lift you to the next place. You have been on this plane for a long time, but I want to take you to the next level. I want to lift you up because I want your focus to be on more than that which you have been. I want to take you to a place where things is not working. I'm going to ask you this very question. Lifeline. Can these nations leave. Can we respond? Oh Lord, you know.
Notice. What? Not only does he know. Again he said to me in verse 4. Prophesy to these bones. And say to them. Oh dry bone. Leave again. Is God calling you to do something to. A dry bone of marriage. That you could say. To this marriage. Dry bone in this marriage. Leave again. Where the partners in the marriage is looking to fall apart. God is saying, dry bone, leave again. And God told him to do the very same thing that he, God, did. Notice I quoted for you just now Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2. The situation was chaos. It was dark. It was void. The spirit of the Lord moved. And God spoke. God spoke to the situation. Now God is saying to Ezekiel, I want you to speak to the dry bones. There are some things that God is asking you to speak to that might be dry. God is saying to prophesy to it. Look at the person next to you and say, you need to prophesy to some of the dry situations around you. There are some things that you need to prophesy to. Governmental prayer. Governmental prayer is speaking the word of the Lord. God is saying to you, prophesy. Notice, God said to him, prophesy to the bones. And say to them, oh, dry bone, hear the word of the Lord. And thus the bones surely will cause, and, and he says, surely I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will put sinews, flesh on you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I the Lord. Notice, he didn't say that afterward you'll say that you, people would know. The, the bones will know that I am Hilton. No, he says that you will know the Lord. God may call you to be able to change, to affect certain things that people would know him. Situations, people in those situations would recognize him. So he says, he practiced it. Not only did he hear what God said, but he put it in practice. God doesn't only want you to hear something. God wants you to put it into practice. And I believe from today, there's some areas that God may want you to go in and prophesy to. God may want you to go to, it might be the school where you're working. It might be the firm where you're working. It might be an individual that you're in connection with. That person is not in Lifeline Church today. But you are here. But you are supposed to practice something there. You see, that's one of the reasons why God has put pastoral care within the hearts of each one of us. You see, it's good to be to come where in a place of love, we have an expression of love, where we feel the unity and we feel the connection. But when we are disconnected, and we go back to our various representatives and our jobs or, or whatever, whether it's schools or universities, whatever field in which you go back to, you become the pastor. You become that person who should care for those who are there. The only Jesus that these people would see is you who are in the job. The only person that can bring about change who has the spirit of the Lord inside of them, that's you. But you could stay there and stay silent, 
Or you could ask the Holy Spirit to inspire you to see somebody's life being lifted for the kingdom of God. Notice, God told him what to do. God told him, I want you to prophesy. Prophesy to it. And he said, he prophesied to it. And as soon as he prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the flesh covered them, but there was no breath in them. And he said unto me, since there is no life, in everything that you do, in all his effort, nothing happened by just speaking. God is not asking us most times to do things with our hands. God is asking us to do things, to change things with our mouth. Sometimes we have been silent for too long. It's time for us to say, I shall not be silent anymore. We cannot be silent. Lifeline as a network cannot be silent. Lifeline as a church cannot be silent. It's a time that we must open our mouth. Because there are areas, there are nations that God is asking us to affect. And sometimes we don't have to leave here in London to meet. Because there are so many nations within this, within this country that you could reach to. And we can go on and see exactly what it says. And he says, also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus save the Lord, come from the four winds. O breath, and breathe upon the slain. So I prophesied as he commanded me. Breath came into them, and they leave and stood upon their feet. A great and mighty army. I want you to understand today, there are some things that God would say to you that you could do to really change certain situations. But you need to be led by the Spirit of the Lord. He wants to transport you. And the final thing I want to use today is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 8. Let's look at verse 29. From verse 26, Philip, in fact, before that, is in a mighty revival. The Spirit of the Lord is moving. People are being saved. People are being transformed. That nation of Israel is being touched. A church has started. A church community has started. And it seems that everything is going on well. But the Spirit of the Lord began to draw his attention to another area, to a desert, a thirsty, hungry, desert-crossing soul. Somebody who had just came to religion. He had come from Ethiopia and was in Jerusalem for the purpose of worship. But he was going back home empty. He was going back home challenged, still having a quest to know more. That God would connect through his spirit. Would interrupt the meetings of Philip. And ask him to go to the desert. And as he got there, he saw this man sitting in his chariot. In verse 29, the spirit said unto him, go near and overtake this chariot. Notice, the spirit of the Lord transported him from the place of meeting to a desert place. Where there was a man, one man. But this man seems to be a man with money. 
He was controlled as a treasurer of the queen of the Ethiopian. This man was in charge. This man had to be a serious man. This man had to be a man of integrity. To be responsible for all these affairs, this man, but this man, in spite of all that he had, he had a need. His need was to be connected to God. There are many people in this world who are filled with so many things, but they have a need inside. And God sometimes wants us to connect them with him. And notice, Philip was called, and Philip hesitated not to understand that I should leave a mighty revival and go. And that's what we're saying in the case that we have had. Here is a man that I admire. In 2010, he left. When we came here, we were prayed for and sent to Zimbabwe. And when we got there, I look at this man. I'm seeing he's different to us. I'm called. And he's white. And he's trying to help a young man and his wife who is going through some difficulty. It's about, it's a dangerous zone. That he would leave his hotel. And he's willing to make the sacrifice. Even if he would fall in the hands of wicked men who would have other plans. He did not allow that to stop him. He said, I would like to meet your wife. I would like to see exactly what I could do to help to resolve this problem, marital problem. I'm speaking about JS. But remember when we went to that place, it was a place where at night, 11 o'clock in the night, it was not a very good place to be in. But I saw John expose himself just to reach out to somebody to reestablish a relationship. I was with him. I want to say to you, speaking it to you in a black country, in, a, in an area where the ethnic group right there is not something that, is, that you could connect with. But yet, because he's led by the Spirit, because he's carried and controlled by the Spirit, because he's transported by the Spirit, he's able to go in into that area. And I accompanied him to be able to speak into that marriage. Today, God allow us to see this man, Philip, able to leave his congregation, leave the, the community of people that he had in Samaria, and was able to go to a desert where only one person, one person, it wasn't a, a multitude of people, one person. And the word says, when he heard the Spirit of the Lord, Philip ran to him. Verse 30. And he heard him reading from Isaiah the prophet. He said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless somebody should guide me? And Philip sat with him. And the place where they read were from by Isaiah. And that's where he opened his mouth and introduced to him Jesus. How many times we can introduce somebody even within our job? How many times do we get some time to be able to introduce somebody to the kingdom of God? How many times do we take our opportunity to be able to really help them to connect with the greatest thing that happened in our life? To have a relationship with the king. And that's what Philip did. And the word says, 
The part I want you to understand, the last part of the verse, I want to close with that. Verse 39. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. The Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. That's the part I want us to say. That after your assignment is finished, the Holy Spirit wants to not only lift you to the place where you could be involved in speaking and ministering to a eunuch, a treasurer, a politician, a doctor, a teacher, someone who is a vagrant, someone who is on drugs, someone who is in marriage is in, in trouble. God has called you up to move, to make that connection for you to be lifted to that place. But only did he allow you to be used there after he was finished. The Spirit of the Lord carried him away. And notice what the scripture says. Ethiopian eunuch never saw him again. He never knew if the Ethiopian eunuch established a church in Ethiopia. He didn't know what happened. It was a divine connection. If we are going to take to the next level, to the next move, to the next thing that God wants us as a network, as a church, as a community, we need to be able to be prepared to be lifted. God wants to lift us. God wants to lift you. I want you to touch the person next and say, God wants to lift you. The Holy Spirit wants to lift you. The Holy Spirit wants to carry you. The Holy Spirit wants to carry us. And I'm glad to be a part of what God is doing. John, I'm glad to be connected with you. Leroy, I'm glad to be connected with you. That God wants to lift us up together. There's good news. Get ready to be lifted. Good news. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I think, uh, as far as I know, I, I don't think that Leroy knew what Hilton was carrying and vice versa. But I want us to be very careful to take on what we're hearing. Grow not weary in well-doing. Always a danger. Always a danger. A warning that God wants to lift us up, transport us, take us to the next level. <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 1 says this For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power of love, self-discipline. <clears throat> we're talking and we're hearing about the power of the Holy Spirit. I found that challenging, but more than challenging, I found it inspiring. I felt life was being ministered. Life that lifts us to the next place. I'd like us to take the opportunity to respond to that. That we can do it together, make a response. Let's stand together. Build me a new.
sing the song or it can become a real prayer from our hearts we've heard about what the spirit of God wants to do and does Take us, transport us, lift us, take us to the next level. Deliver us from any spirit of timidity that would seek to trouble us, disturb our peace. Lord, come now. Fill us with your spirit. Pour out your spirit upon us. Lord, we respond personally and corporately. We don't want to grow weary in well-doing. We want to move. We receive the move to the next level. We need that lifting up in order to transport. Oh, Lord, come and fill this desire that you're creating in our hearts and in the corporate heart of this church. We've heard you. Heard you more than once. Speak to us about something more, something beyond. Thank you, Lord, for the equipping of these steps. Oh, hallelujah. Let's just lift our hearts to him again. Let's let, let's let that prayer ring out. Fill me. Lord, this is our prayer. Lord Jesus, Spirit of the living God, Oh, Lord Jesus. Let's just lift up the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hira masura man de 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 de, hila mama nyera baborana de, yara babo shaman yere de. Thank you, Lord. We worship your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Lord, we bless your holy name. Just as we just continue to exalt the Lord, just for a, for a few moments here, this will be a great opportunity. You may be joined in the song, but you'd like to be filled with the Spirit. You would like to be set free from the spirit of timidity, fear, anxiety you'd like to receive the benefit of what it is to be filled with the spirit of God what God does not the spirit of timidity the spirit of a sound mind you want that you can ask the brothers and the prayer team to come going to take opportunity if you want somebody to stand with you in prayer whether it be for that or for healing I'm particularly thinking about the fullness of the Holy Spirit what a great opportunity the prayer team brothers are here just just be open to receive from God at this time
going to ask that the musicians would just uh, continue to play. Uh, if you want to just take time to have fellowship one with another, if you're wanting to come for prayer for the fullness of the Holy Spirit, please feel free to do that. The musicians will play for us and we're free to fellowship together.